Amen. Can we give God praise? Amen. And again, thank you for the opportunity to be here with you. And I'd like to go to the word of the Lord. I'd like to go to Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28. And if you would stand, if you don't mind, if you are able to stand. If not, we understand. Amen. Now, this isn't, I'm just going to clarify for just clarity's sake is that I am much more of a teacher of the word than I am preacher of the word. So I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you do. Uh, sometimes I get to preach. I love to preach. But the Lord always lets me teach. Amen? Amen. Praise God. It's verse number 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And who couldn't use that? A rest that comes from God. Amen. I want to minister on this subject, rest for the soul. Rest for the soul. Lord bless you. You may be seated. So Jesus stood there on that day. How far can I walk around? Because I, yeah, because Texas is so big. Like we just, and unless you put a cattle guard or something there to kind of keep it, things from wandering around, you know, if it's not there, we just kind of keep going and just keep grazing and moving along. Um, but Jesus was speaking to people, obviously, who were very weary and who were worn. And that, that was then, but it's no different now in our generation that the Spirit of God is still speaking to a weary and heavy laden group of people, a world full of people. And you and I are, are, are here largely because we got tired. We got tired, and we are tired. We got tired of the life. We got tired of being told lies. We got, we got tired of, we just got tired of, of realizing that life is speeding along and we're not getting anywhere. And somebody say amen. amen. You know, and that really is wisdom that comes from God. Because when a man or a woman realizes that there has to be more to life than just me going to work and going home and trying to raise a family, those things are important. But there's something beyond that that I've got to be created and a part of. And it is that eternal peace that speaks to every man, every woman, every child. Amen? And so we're sitting here because we know that there's an eternity. And maybe you just walked in for the first time and you can't, you can't really put your hands on it. But you came because you want more to life than what you have. Amen. We can give God praise. Is that right? Yes. I want more. And when I say more, that doesn't necessarily mean more stuff. I'm talking about completion. I'm talking about wholeness. I'm talking about fulfillment. Amen. 
So I want to find that place. I want to be in, in that, involved with God. What, what is it do I, that I need to do? Where do I need to go? How do I find that rest? So I want to take you back because I know we're all tired. Amen? And I know you may or may not have got a good night's sleep. I don't know. But I know how life is. And so let's look at what God intended when he created mankind. Can we do that? We just want to go back and look at the Bible and just ask the question, who are we? As, as people, as, as humanity, who are we? And what has God called us to do? So in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 8, Genesis 2 and verse number 8, God, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. So I learned here that God is in the gardening business. It's not just Walmart with their gardening section. He created a garden. And he created it eastward. And notice what it says. And there he put the man that he created. God is very purposeful in everything that he is doing. Our world tries to tell us that it's all random and it just happens and whatever and however. But when you and I understand that there is a creator who has purposed and planned and thought out and planted, that means that he has put you and I, you, you're you, I'm I, you and I, in a place for a purpose to do a work. Amen. That's what God created mankind to do. I thought you were talking about rest and you're talking about purpose and you're talking about planting and you're talking about because gardening is hard work. That's why I don't like it. Now, you all live in a place where I would suspect you could garden very well, but it's still hard work. Gardens don't just happen. So God created a garden. He put man in the garden. Go to verse 15, if you would, please. And I thank my media people back there. Who, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to lay down, chill, take life easy. I try to put my feet up. You know. Kick back. Take it easy. He put him in the garden to dress and to keep it. So God purposed that you and I would be dressing and keeping something. And if we're not dressing and we're not keeping, you and I are not in his purpose. And so we get frustrated. I know nobody in Illinois is frustrated. I know that. <laughs> I've driven the highways. I know that. <laughs> Amen. And so let me just ask this question just, you know, for you to think about between you and God. What are you dressing and keeping for the Lord? God, you created me for a purpose. I'm supposed to dress and keep something. What do you want me to dress and what do you want me to keep? 
You see, when you begin to have those conversations with God, he starts moving you then into his purpose. Amen. Did you notice what I said? He starts moving you into his purpose. And he starts then wanting to plant you because he wants to put you. So that way you have a place. And when you get planted and you get put, you have a place, you get peace. Amen. 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 When you find that purpose. And so God's original purpose is he planted a garden. I don't know what that one looked like. I assume it was really nice. And Adam got to work. And in his work, he found relationship with God. Where's God? I've been praying, Pastor, and I can't feel God. Well, God's in the field. <laughs> And if we get involved with what God's doing, then we'll find his presence because we'll be in his purpose and God will then help us. Amen. Now, some of you don't seem convinced. I'm not trying to make your life more difficult. Texas is too far along. It's too far to drive to come up here just to be mean to a group of people. And this is your city. I don't want to, you know what I mean? I don't want to be run out of town because I don't even know which way out of town is right now. So it would look really bad. Yeah, okay, well. So what I'm just trying to get us to focus on is just getting involved and dressing and keeping. Now, here it was a literal garden, but today God still has a garden that he's planning. And that garden is now called the church. And in the church, God is still planting. He's watering. Amen. He's still, because now we're planting seed. We're sowing the word of God. We're praying for the rain. We're praying for a move of the spirit. We're praying for things to happen. And we're working and we're laboring with God. Amen. Laboring together with him. Finding his purpose. Finding fulfillment. I know some of you aren't convinced because... We have this mentality that that rest is out on a lake with fishing poles. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't come here to criticize that. I, I didn't. I didn't because it was ignorant fishermen that helped. I listened to that closely. I was like, Lord, if he goes any further and gets into my notes, I'll just shout with him while he just preaches it. Amen. Praise God. Or we think it's going up into the mountains or off to some place. And I, like I said, this is, this is summer. Summer just started. So that's what many of us are doing. And it, I, I don't believe that God's against that. I, I just, I do personally believe, now pastor, forgive me, that we should pray about our vacations. Because I, when I take a vacation, I want a break. I've taken the ones where I go too far, stay too long, and spend too much money. And I come back exhausted and broke and not any better. I want the ones that I go and I come back and I feel better and rested and ready. Amen. He, we clap our hands to the Lord. All right. I'll back out of vacations. All right. Let me just talk about the work of the Lord. So God's called us to dress and to keep. And so he's called us. Now, here's the problem. The problem is... That we have so much going on and so much that we're overwhelmed. 
And the reason why we're overwhelmed is because the Garden of Eden situation was upset. Because that sin entered in. Did you get Genesis uh, 3? All right. So if we can get Genesis 3 and give them a second here to... We read about the curse after the fall of mankind. So, you know, what happened to all of that is the fact that... I was looking on this one, so... And the Lord God took... Oh, we're still there. Three and... I think I said 15. They're scrambling. They're all upset with me. Oh, no. Lord, help me. Are we there? All right. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head. The next verse of Scripture. He was talking to the woman, and then in the next verse... I'll go, I'll go there, too. Sorry. Seventeen, yes. Verse 17, my apologies. And unto Adam he said, Because you have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and has eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Listen to this. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. We know about that one. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. <laughs> and all of that changed. You see, let's just look at the perfect picture, and then we see the contrast. When Adam was in the garden, he didn't have to fertilize. He didn't have to water. That's not gardening, that's cheating. Whatever he planted, it grew. He didn't have to fight the birds. He didn't have to pull weeds out of the ground. What I'm trying to tell you is that there is a peace that comes in working with God. God provides the resources. God, can you imagine if you were working and everything that you set out to do got done? That's why we get tired, because we go do stuff and it doesn't get done. So we go home frustrated and upset, right? Because it doesn't happen the way that we wanted it to happen because we are now in a world of sin. And sin has upset everything. And so now by the sweat, <laughs> I could just hear Adam now. When, when God said, by the sweat of thy brown, I could just see Adam. This is just me. I'm kind of weird, right? Excuse me, God, I have a question. What sweat... Just get to work, Adam, and you'll figure it out. None of us has asked that question because we know what it is. But how does this work now? So if you can just give me a little bit more time. I like, what I always like is I like to be able to walk out of the doors. And I, I like to know what I need to do. And I like to have a sense of how to do it. I might not have it all figured out. But I just like to know what, I just need to know the direction. And I just need to kind of be able to put my hands, you know, spiritual hands on something that I can just take into my life so God can help me. And so I want to, I want to leave that with you. Amen. That you walk out with the purpose and an idea. Hey, I think I know how to start setting this down in my life so I can have this rest. We can give God praise. Amen. So we're going to let the scripture show us how this works. 
Because I know there's people in here right now that are feeling the call of God to get involved or more involved or differently involved in his purpose. And we get frustrated because we don't have enough hours in the day. We don't have enough pay in the paycheck. And we just kind of keep hitting this wall. And with the Lord through his word can show us how to be able to walk with God in such a way that we just begin to trust him. Amen. I'm working on this. I didn't come here because I figured all this out. I'm working. God's working with me. He's showing me. Amen. And so in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 1. Now mankind is in sin. People are working for a living. And life is hard. And I just want to walk through this here. Don't preach ahead of me. Those of you that know what happens. Just like, oh yeah, we know. No, 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 no. In verse 1, nobody knew anything. Except for God. And it wasn't like he told them before he did it. He just, all right, Luke 5 and verse number 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, that's Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret. There is a need that needs to be fulfilled. This is God's gardening. People are hungry for the word. And so they are, they are bunching up around him because they want to hear the word of God. And there is a need. Somebody say amen. All around us there is a need. People want to hear the word of God. They just don't always know that that's what they need to hear. But when we hear it, it resonates in our spirit, the word of life. Amen. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And they transform us and they help us. So there is a need. Now, the only one that knows about that need is God. And he is looking around for a way to meet that need. He is looking for resources that he can get a hold of. What can I use to meet this need? So in verse 2, it says that he looks around and he sees that there's two ships. Now somebody owns those ships. And somebody was working in those ships. And so the Lord then sees there's a need and the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. You know why they were washing their nets? Because they had worked all night. Just let me be simple, okay? Just let me be simplistic, not to be insulting, but just because I don't know about you, but I like it simple because life gets weird. So it's got to be like ABC. Like, just give me that. And so... He, uh, they were gone out, and they were washing their nets. So God selected, you ready? Working people who were tired, frustrated. I'm just let the Holy Ghost just speak to you, tired and frustrated. You don't have to raise your hand like I did. I know I'm tired, and I know I get frustrated. There's a rumor that my wife started that I can get frustrated. I don't believe it yet. 
<laughs> it's just rumor. It's just hearsay. And God deliberately, why doesn't he go for the people that are just sitting around doing nothing? Are you all okay? Remember, I go back to Texas at some point. So you won't have. So he, he finds people that are busy, and he finds people that have worked all night, and he finds people that are tired. He finds people that are frustrated, and he walks up to him and says, Hey, um, I need to use your boat. Mine! <laughs> Mine! What is wrong with their boats? You know how we get, oh, I would turn around and say, you know, you and I are so quick to say, well, they're not busy over there, and they're not busy over here. Why are you picking on me? I'm the one that, well, all right, just let the word minister. He's looking for busy people. He's looking for working people. He's looking for some tired people. He'll use some people that are frustrated about not getting things done. Amen. So if that's you and you're frustrated and you can't show for the work that you've been doing, I think that it's possible that God wants to climb into your boat. Amen. Praise God. I got about 10 that are enthusiastic. I got about 15 that are kind of okay with it. And I got some others I'm not sure. Because this doesn't appeal to the human nature. This doesn't appeal. You, right now, you're thinking, I got this, I got that, the kids, and this, and, all, and I got, and I got. And you know, the Lord knows that. That's why he said, come unto me. I will give you rest. You don't find the rest outside of Jesus Christ. You only find the rest you need in Jesus Christ. Verse number three, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. <laughs> now, I could spend a lot of time on Simon. You know, I don't want to be mean to him. The reason I identify with Simon, because I, I, sometimes I think if I pick somebody, that, that, that would probably be me. I'll never deny you, God. I'll stand by you. I don't know who he is. You may think less of me, but that's okay. Because I want to know what he thinks of me. He entered into one of the ships with Simon and prayed that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now, I don't want to be mean to Simon, but I'm just going to make Simon a very human person. And he can correct me in heaven and tell me, no, you got it all wrong. But knowing Simon, like I know in reading him, he was kind of had a little bit of a temper. And he got impatient and he knew frustration. And, but he wanted to live for God and do things for God. You know, and they were like, let's get some swords. He's like, here's swords, Lord. Yeah, we can take on the Roman Empire. Put the swords away. Oh, well, okay. And so then he sat and he began to teach. He was using two things from Simon. He was using his resource, personal resource, what he had. Amen. Had a boat. I need the boat. Second thing that he was using that was Simon's was he was using his time. Simon really didn't work all that hard, really. He just pushed a little out from the land. Is this good enough? No, a little bit further. Is this good enough? Let's do a sound check. We need about three or four more feet out on the lake. Have fun with the scripture. It's, it's a living book. It's got men and women in it. 
like us. They, didn't ever, they never talked on a cell phone, but... Y'all okay? Okay, I'll try to... I need, I'll move along. He sat and he taught the people out of the ship. So he got involved... Simon got involved in a, in a Bible study that the Lord taught. <laughs> Simon was there, but God taught it. Some of us are fearful of teaching a Bible study because we're like, I don't even know what to say. Well, if you'll just get there and let the Lord teach through you, God knows exactly what to say. He'll teach it. He's just looking for a vessel that he can appropriate for a time. He's looking for a mouth. He's looking for a body who's tired and worked and ready to just see God do something. And so he taught them out of the land, out of the boat, and he taught them on the land until that need was fulfilled. And then here comes the really powerful part. And when he had left speaking in verse number four, he said unto Simon, all right, so let's see here. I've borrowed your stuff and I've taken your time. So God is in debt to no man. So then he said, you know what? I think it's time. Let's go out a little bit further. And why don't we let our nets down and do some fishing? I can hear Simon Peter. I hate fishing. When you don't catch anything. <laughs> and you have fished all night on the lake and exhausted yourself. And you rode over here, nothing. You went over here, nothing. And the fish, those of you who fish, you know this. And you know the fish probably played with them. Go stir the water up over there. You know, it looks like they're biting over there. Where'd they go? They're over there. Now, you have to be a, a fisherman to understand that. Some of you are because you're not saying anything. You're just. Eh. And the epitome of frustration, in my opinion, the epitome of frustration is working all day or all night and having nothing to show. Why would I go do that? Why would I get involved in that? Why would I? And so now God says, now it's time to let your nets down for a catch. Of fishes. And again, I love Peter because Peter was, you know what, Lord, we have toiled all the night. We haven't taken anything. But anyway, we don't have anything to lose. Since you got us out here, and it's probably the hour of the day the fish won't bite anyway, we'll just show you how empty the nets can get. No, God said, let me show you how full the nets can get when you become a part of my purpose and I can appropriate and utilize you and your resources, what I can do. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Now I know, now I realize a message like this, teaching like this, you know, the flesh just bucks up against it. Well, you don't know my schedule. You're right. I don't know your schedule, but the Lord knows your schedule, and God knows what he can and what he cannot do with you and what he can do for you. God knows where you and I are at, and if we will just trust God that he's picking working people who are tired and exhausted because he wants to pour into us a blessing. 
If I can minister to the people through you, I'm not going to leave you empty. I'm going to make sure that you also are filled. I'm going to fill you up. I'm going to help you out while you're helping me out. If you're involved in my purpose, I'll get involved in your purpose. The Father knows what you have need of before you even ask. But let me ask this question. Do we know what he needs? Because if I make his purpose my purpose, he makes my purpose his purpose. That's how you become fellow laborers. When I get after what God wants, he has this way of getting after what I need. I'll go a little further. Amen. So they let down their nets and they, verse number six, when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Now let's just back up. I don't know what kind of debt Simon had. I don't know what he had to bring home today. Understand me. I don't know what burdens that he had, what bills that he had. I don't know if the boat was paid for or not. If I don't bring something home, we're going to lose this. If I don't catch something today, anybody ever? No, no, don't, don't. We all feel that pressure. We all know that. And so I feel it had to be pretty high on Simon. And then here comes God. Hey, I need to borrow your boat. Probably, well, why not? I'm about to lose it anyway. The bank is already walking over to my house to get the keys. I don't know if they had keys or not, you know. He's standing, on, he's standing on the pier. As soon as I row in, it's gone. I don't know. But then they begin to feel what fishermen understand. They begin to feel the tug and the pull. Maybe they threw the nets in and they were kind of lax on their grip because they just didn't have the faith. And all of a sudden, they had to plant their feet and begin to plant themselves because that fish began to pull. Because God, in his mercies had every fish in that lake want to get in that net. The craziest fish behavior you ever saw, they wanted to get caught. And you and I can chase things all our lives and never ever catch them. But you and I can just let God use us for a moment and God can bring things into our lives that we never thought we'd have, we never thought we'd see. He can change it. He can make it happen. And so then, this is what's so great to me. And this is why I'm so thrilled that you all are looking at starting another church. Because there was two ships that were out in the water. And it took both churches to come together, to work together, to bring all this in. They said, you got to help us. There was so much fish. Hear this. You didn't argue over which one was yours. They were everywhere. And I, I'm going to take it a little step further. And you know, since he fished for a living, he knew what kind of fish were in that lake. He knew the ones that were like 15 cents a pound. The freebies. And he knew the ones that were like $20 a pound. Or $15 a pound. And I have this feeling when they begin to pull that net and they begin to see the fish. They were about ready to talk in tongues before the Holy Ghost was even given. 
they were already experiencing a move of God. And they're pulling on the nets. Let me tell you something about weariness and fatigue. When you and I fish all night long and catch nothing, we are weary and we are exhausted and we're tired. Those guys probably threw the nets out like this. No energy, no life, no fun, nothing. But they pulled them in with a whole different type of energy. I thought your back hurt. No, 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 not anymore. I thought you had a leg cramp. What leg cramp? Get these fish in. I thought you had a headache. What headache? They scrubbed the nets when they were empty like this. But after Jesus filled them up and they were... <sighs> you see, the energy comes through the supply. And when God meets the need, I start getting excited. And when God starts doing something, I start jumping up and down and getting thrilled. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Don't, don't, don't turn off on me yet. I, this is just a personal testimony. I, the Lord was, when I was pastoring, I, wanted, I knew God was wanting me. To, I said, I, I didn't say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way for our sake. Where, where do you want me to fish, God? What pond? Do you want me to fish? I didn't have a clue. I wasn't thinking about jail ministry per se. It was on the back of my mind. And then things began to, doors began to open and things began to come to pass. And, and, and God was like, oh, I, you want me to go to jail? And I know something about God that when he calls you to do something, volunteer to go. Like, make up your mind to go. Because God can put you in jail one of two ways. He can figure out how to get you in there. You get caught on somebody else's warrant, but your name is, he'll get you, he'll figure out how to get you there. I volunteered to go into jail because then I could leave. We have choices here. And every time I left, it was once a week for about an hour, sometimes a little longer, depending on what was happening. I would walk out and breathe, Pastor. I'd step out. And I, I wasn't even, just that hour. And my wife would tell you, because I was working full time, I understand I was overwhelmed. I had a lot going on. And she would think, you're so tired. I'm barely trying to eat dinner. I don't even know what I'm going to say in the jail tonight. I don't even know if I'm going to get to the jail tonight. I, I'm ministering to somebody. I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, okay? I'm not, I am not trying to get you to feel sorry. I'm just, I'm telling you. I understand, but I know, God, that you called me there. And so I know, God, that when we get there, I'm just trusting you to do something. And I can tell you that after a year of jail ministry, there was not one time that God did not show up and do something amazing. Amazing. He would show up, and it was amazing. And pastor, in that exhaustion of the day, there was strength. I started getting a little bit hyper like this. And I would come home and I would just share with my family. That's what God did. And I went in and I was so tired. I didn't even know what to say. And I got up to the first cell block and I was just like, uh. And then God just began to speak to my heart. And I just said what God said. And there were tears in that jail. And there was repentance in that jail. 
And there were even backsliders in that jail. And there was a move of God in that jail. And there was brokenness in that jail. And there were things that there were people that wanted to be baptized in that jail. And I would come home and she said, you know, when you leave, you're so pathetic and sad. When you come back, she said, one of the best things that you've done is, is, is you're doing jail ministry. Because when you come back, you're so I mean, I'm ready to go jog around the block a couple times so I can calm down. Now, that's just me. It might not. But I'm just trying to share with you that God is wanting to fill our nets. And he's wanted to do things. But he doesn't fill our nets first. He gets in the boat and says, I need to use this and you here tonight. And when we're like, okay, God, you know how tired I am, but let's go do this. He will not let you go home empty-handed. He won't let you go home he won't leave you. Yeah, he won't leave you. God's going to make sure. Can we, can we skip down? i got to hurry. I always say that. I always seem to get kind of stuck. So, amen. And so Peter fell down in verse number 8 at, at Jesus' knees. He was astonished in verse number 9 and all that were with him at the fishes that they had taken. And then so, also, so, so was also James and John. And we find that. Jesus said, fear not from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Look at verse number 11. Is that up there behind me? Verse number 11. This is what's so powerful. And when they understood the power of God and the purpose of God, they got to do something that they had only been thinking about. That when they came into shore, they forsook all and followed him. Now, I don't know what that means to you. I don't know how that resonates with you. But they got to the place where they understood God is my provider. God's going to take care of me. He's going to help me. We're going to make it through. He's going to do this. What I've done, not trying to get you to feel sorry for me, but you understand, is that I pushed off from shore. I said, God, you're calling us into Metro Missions. I'll do it. I'll go, not because I have anything to give, but because you have everything to give. And if you'll help men and women put their hands on the net with us and bless all of us together, bring it all into a singular purpose. He, they learned how to let go because God filled all of their needs. I'm just going to say it this way. It doesn't say, so don't say that I said it said. But if you knew, if you owned your own business and God brought in one day everything you needed for the next year or the next month or the next week, this is the kind of supply that we're looking at in the word of God. I know you have to eat. I know you have to feed your family. How about if I bring, you bring in enough fish that the next six months are all taken care of? How about if because you're giving yourself to me, I'll just go ahead and take care of all the rest of this over here. Let's go back. I'm finishing. If our musicians will come. And I know it's after 12. I get that. But Let's go to Matthew 11 and verse 28 again. Now I'm going to finish here. And I hope you'll have some time to be with us here in prayer. But I pastored and I know I had people that worked shifts. And so I understand that too. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen? But what I want to show you here, and I spend all this time, is to bring it back to these verses. Because he didn't stop there, did he? 
if you continue to read, we find out that Jesus kept talking. And then he said, take my yoke. Verse, next verse of scripture. Verse number 29. He said, take my yoke upon you. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You see, I understood the first rest in verse 28. If you need rest, God will give you rest. But here's what happened in my experience. As I would come and I would, give, I would get before God and worship and church or at home, and I would feel the rest. But then I would leave, and it wasn't too much longer that I... I was heavy laden again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, what happened? I just was there, Lord. I was just in your presence. And it took me a long time to understand that there was more going on there than I understood. Because what God was doing was he said, I'll take that off of you. But I'm asking that you take something from me. I have a yoke. You have picture number one, because not all of us know what a yoke is, and I'm not making fun of you. I just we don't use that term anymore. And like, what do eggs have to do with serving God? And these are oxen that are yoked together. It is a work implement. It's a work tool, whereby two or maybe more animals are harnessed together in order to do a job. And so God has invited us into the harvest, into the labor. But he didn't call you and I to go out there by ourselves. He's called you and I to be yoked with him. See, here's the thing that the flesh resists. Can you show picture number two? Because once you get that yoke on, we get to do something like this. I don't want to go do that. But what's God's purpose? He's gardening. Can you imagine just for a second that maybe this field right here is Carlisle? And he needs some brothers and sisters that are going to put the yoke on and walk the fields. Pulling something. But we're not going alone. I imagine this for me. It's the city of El Paso that needs someone that's willing to go out in the yoke with the Lord and to labor with him. And be willing to give ourselves, knowing that he's going to take care of me. I'm going to eat tonight. He's going to help me with what I need. Praise God. Let's stand if you would. Let's go back to verse number 29. And I'm going to finish here you want to learn about him it's about taking on the yoke and it is through the yoke that you and I will find rest for the soul you know what cures do you know what cures insomnia the inability to sleep you know what brings a good not restful night is a hard working day amen I don't know about you, but there's been times we're working for the Lord. I only got maybe a few hours of sleep, but because God blessed the little bit of sleep that I got, I felt like I had had over eight hours. He just somehow, God has a way of blessing the rest of those that labor, of those that work. He has a way, and sometimes he gives you the eight or nine or 10 or 15. 
whatever it is. But look what he says in verse number 30 before you just say, I don't want that. This is what he said. My yoke, mine is easy. And my burden is light. Here's the decision. And I want you to understand, I haven't preached an emotional message. There's been some emotion, but this has been a thought-provoking thinking about message. Because God calls people who consider the cost of building. And they make decisions that, God, if you're in it, it can be done. You're in it, it can be done. I'll bring the little bit I have. But Lord, you're calling. It can be done. It can be done. A year ago, when we were raising our budget, Pastor, we were maybe at 2 or 3%. Man, I thought it can't be, you know, I was looking again today, and now we're at 92%. You don't understand what that does to me. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me, but he calls me. He said, I want your life, and I want to use you, but you got to lay some stuff down. And all my life, I had... And I remember sitting there. It was just me and God. And I said, God, I want you. I want you. I want to leave. He said, then come follow me. I'll give you rest. And I sit here very humbled that we're at 92%. He's feeling the nag. He's feeling the nag. He's feeling the nag. And he's no respecter of person. If he did that for me, he'll do that for you. But you're going to leave here with a yoke. You're either going to walk out of here with your yoke that is heavy. Or tonight, today, I say tonight, I don't even know. Today you can come and say, God, I want to trade. I want to trade my cares and my worries and my I want to receive your yoke. Now, I'll be honest. I don't understand all there is about your yoke, God. But if you'll help me. He said, learn of me. Let's walk together in the yoke. Let's fellowship together under the yoke. Let's pray right now. The Holy Ghost is here. I don't want to belabor this. I don't want to. Come on, somebody. The Lord is calling you. The God, God is saying, I can do this, but I need your boat today. I need your life today. I need you today. Maybe you don't know anything hardly about what I said, but you just know there's a greater purpose. I want peace. I want that purpose. Hallelujah. I invite you, if it's your custom, whatever it is, if you're accustomed to coming forward to pray right now, I invite you to come. If you feel more comfortable where you're at, you can pray where you are. But I pray that before you go, you'll spend a few minutes talking to God about the yoke. Talking to Him about the yoke. Let's give God a chance right now, Jesus. Jesus.